Welcome to Last in Line Podcast, where we are highlighting, showcasing, and spotlighting great leaders of faith who have overcome adversity, cultivated resilience, and served others in a significant capacity. So settle in and be encouraged by this episode of Last in Line Podcast. Gentlemen, what is up? Glad you made it again. Glad you're here, man. Uh, I'm blessed and honored to be a part of this journey with you. Uh, blessed to be your host of Last in Line Podcast, John Shibley. Um, it's always an honor here uh, to be with you. And I've uh, got, a, got a lot for you tonight. Um, a lot of, I guess, important information is how I see it or I wouldn't be saying it. And you're going to probably agree once you hear what I have to say, and you're going to probably be thanking, uh, thanking God that he actually gave this to me and uh, that I actually was obedient in delivering this message. And uh, so tonight, guys, I want to let us all off the hook. And uh, in fact, not off the chain, but I'm calling this off the hook. We are, guys, we're holding on really tight. Um, most men I know are striving really hard, gritting their teeth really tightly, clenching their fists as hard as they can, running as fast as they can, as far as they can, uh, figuratively, uh, to just kind of accomplish that thing and achieve that goal and uh, obtain that prize, whatever that is for you. And we we definitely get laser focused and bogged down in the minutia and with blinders all a lot of the time. Um, I, I know that tonight, for some reason, I guess uh, partly because of a friend I just spoke with earlier today, and then just some of the ways I've felt for years and spoken about in the past a little bit in generalizations. But tonight, I want to get kind of laser focused on how I let you off the hook, how I let myself off the hook. I've got three revelations for your peace of mind, for my peace of mind to let myself kind of relax, give myself the freedom to be human, give myself the freedom. We're not trying to make mistakes or fail, but give myself the freedom and a pass to fail forward and to learn and uh, to still continue to try things. And so yeah, I, I think there's three areas that come to me, come to mind that stand out in my life. And I, I almost would guess they they stand out in your life too, because a lot of guys deal with this. Um and, and so tonight we're gonna we're gonna get free together. Okay. We're gonna Thelma and Louise this bad boy right off the cliff, and we're gonna feel free. Uh, after you are finished listening to this, I want to thank our supporters, uh, Uncommon and Uncommon.org, U-N-C-O-M-M-E-N.org, uh, where they are equipping men to be the husbands, fathers, and leaders that we were called to be. And it's a great ministry, faith-based guys. They create content all the time, consistently. They've got version devotionals uh, out the wazoo. And I think I've read almost nine, probably 99% of them um, for pretty much every category a guy goes through. So follow them, watch their YouTube channel, 
support them on their website, guys, financially. Uh, just encourage them with messages. Uh, TJ and his team would appreciate that. But they've been gracious to partner with us. Um, so, yeah, I I, I want to just um, dig in. So the first revelation, okay, for your peace of mind, and this may not quite be a a reinvention of the wheel, okay. But these are these are three things you've thought about, probably weighing you down. But once we reveal some of the things that are going to set you free and cut you loose and get you off the hook, you're going to be glad uh, that we didn't just assume you already knew them. And uh, like I said, you've heard them, you've probably said them, and you've definitely thought them. First one is, these are statements I'm going to make, okay? And they're three revelations for you tonight, for your peace of mind, for my peace of mind, to let us off the hook. First one, you're not failing as a parent. Now, if you've got, if you don't have kids, but you're married, then I want to say, unless you've just totally torched um, your your family and your marriage uh, in some catastrophic way, which I will say as a caveat, you can be redeemed and forgiven and restored from that. But in the space you're in right now, in the footprints that you're standing in currently, if that's you, then maybe you did fail as a parent or, or a husband. But in general terms, you're not failing as a parent. I, I say that because... It's common knowledge. I just spoke with a guy I know today, and he is in the parenting ministry. Uh, that's what he does for a living. Ten years ago, founded what's called Manhood Journey. Uh, he he tells me that a lot of guys he sees at events, conferences, uh, just randomly uh, that he inter interacts with and engages with on online um, through his ministry emails. He gets the a similar common denominator of. They just don't feel like they're enough as a parent. They're not doing enough. They aren't, they haven't amounted to what they thought they would amount to to be a good example for their kids. They feel like maybe they um, dropped the ball when it comes to, I guess, finances and and career path and showing their children that it's it's possible to be successful in business. Maybe, maybe they feel like they failed there. Uh they've made some mistakes. Maybe the kids have overheard you say some things to your wife that you wish you could take back, but you know, uh, we, we've all kind of left that mark and maybe a scar or two, uh, on our kids in some way. Maybe, maybe the scar is fading. Maybe it's fresh for some of them, but I will say for the most part, if you were honest, you would say you've done a pretty good job. You're doing a pretty good job. Now, let me just say there's three areas under here that I'm saying you're not failing as a parent if, okay, there's always a contingency. There's always a cause and effect and if and a then, all right? So you're not failing as a parent if you're present and engaged, okay? If you're at a, at a poker game every Thursday night and every Saturday you're playing golf for five hours and then every Tuesday night or Tuesday and Thursday night you're at a gym or, a you know, a, a, some sort of class or something that you're out hanging out with the boys, you know, you're at Buffalo Wild Wings on Monday night football every, every Monday, 
then yeah, maybe we need to probably re-examine some things and consider some life choices at that point. Um, maybe pivot a little bit as a parent, but I'm guessing that you are present and that you are engaged. I mean, if you're listening to a podcast about men and about leadership and about servant leadership and about faith and what Christ called us to be as people and husbands and dads, then most likely you're present. Most likely you're engaged. Now, I had in, I added engaged on here because you can be present, but not really present. You can be in the room, but a million miles away. So present and engaged, those are two things that go hand in hand, right? Those are glove and hand, got to be paired together. You can be present, but not engaged. So you got to be both. So that's, you know, if you're doing that, you're not failing. Could you be sharper? Could you be more refined in some of your skills and some of your tactics and maybe the way you word things? Yeah, we all could. We're not professional, perfect parents, okay? Uh, so if you're present and engaged, chances are you're not failing as a parent. The second one under here is if you and your wife present a united front. So I would say you're doing a lot of things right. If you and your wife are like-minded from a faith standpoint initially, but if you're like-minded in how you view discipline and how you enforce that, if you're like-minded in the basic values and beliefs and character and morals, morals of the family, the standards that you are aligned with, um, then chances are you're doing a lot right. Now, we could get bogged down into some of the semantics and the details of, well, I should have done this a little longer. Maybe we should have thrown the ball for 10 more minutes outside, or you know, maybe I should have taken them fishing last weekend, uh, but this thing came up. You know, one of those things. I don't think I think we beat ourselves up so much. I speak for myself. I I'm constantly questioning. What what will they be saying about their dad? What will they be telling their kids about their dad? What do they think and, and how I've prepared and trained and equipped them for life as a dad? How have I set an example? Okay. Uh, how have I been that leader of that faith leader? Have I been the leader of the home spiritually? I'm constantly questioning whether I'm doing a good enough job at that. And I know you are too. I have no doubt you could have millions of dollars in the bank, all the toys, the kids have all the, the video games and bright, shiny objects, the coolest new shoes. I mean, every, they could all have every tangible material possession, but that's not really what they're craving. And that's not what's eternal. And that's not what they're going to remember. And that's not the legacy you necessarily want to leave. Sure. You want them to have nice things and you want to provide, but they're more concerned on whether you're present and engaged. And if you and your spouse look like a cohesive parenting unit that's united, that goes a long way. They know they can't leverage each, each one of you against each other. They know they can't manipulate a situation. They know they can't get away with much, if anything. Uh, and they know that you guys follow through together and uh, that you will do what you say you're going to do. And that leads me to the third one here under the, the first revelation. You're not failing as a parent. The last one here is if your actions align with your words. So that kind of parlays nicely with that, that last one with the wife and the United front. But this is more for you as a dad. Are your actions aligned with your words? Are you hypocritical? Sure. We may not be perfect. Yeah. We, we, we all intend to be a certain way and we all say, Hey, do as I, 
you know, say not as I do sometimes. And and then we have to ask forgiveness from our kids. And that's perfectly normal. I've had to apologize countless times. And if you haven't done that and you aren't humble enough to apologize to your kids, you need to look in the mirror and you need to get right. You need to get right with God. You need to get right with yourself and you need to check yourself. Um, but if your actions align with your words, chances are you're not failing as a parent. I'm 100% certain you're not because they can count on what you say. You're not a hypocrite because let me tell you, kids are looking to poke holes in our story, poke holes in our actions, poke holes in our parenting. They're just like lost people uh, in the world are looking to poke holes in Christianity by watching Christians and picking apart every little thing they do, every little flaw we have. Kids may not be quite that aggressive and malicious, but kids know when your actions don't line up with your words. Why would they want to be obedient when they watch us be disobedient. If they know what the preacher's talking about on Sunday and then they know dad goes home on Monday and drinks a 12 pack um, and and the message the Sunday before was self-control and sinning and, uh, you know, trying to pursue righteousness, they're going to look at you and you're not a picture of what they think they want when they go to church. So we got to line up with what we say in our actions. You guys are most likely doing that. Now we're not perfect, right? I mean, I, I talk to my kids. Um, sometimes I talk to them about self-control and anger and, and maybe some of the word choices they use. And then I'll catch myself flying off the handle uh, at a complete stranger in my, you know, in the car most likely, because that's where I'm, my fuse is the shortest. Uh, but that's not setting a good example. So when I go off like that and then they see, oh, well, he's not very self-controlled. So why does he expect me to talk to my brother with self-control and with grace and with, you know, uh, kindness? Why, why would, why would I do that? And so we, we've got to, we've got to fit, we've got to fit our words with our actions. And uh, so that's, that's the first major point guys. Or do you feel a little bit more off the hook? You feel a little less, convicted about your parenting style because it's not as bad as I think you've made it out to be in your mind. You need to you need to give yourself a break. Okay. Second one. Okay. You're a spiritual work in progress. So guys listening are faith guys, Christian guys, most likely. If you're not, um, email me lastinlineleadership at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your perspective. Love to hear your journey. Maybe you got questions. Uh, I've got some answers, and if I don't, then some, I know somebody who does, and we'll find them. Uh, but for most of you, you're saved. Most of you are Christians. Most of you go to church. Most of you read the Bible. Could we be better at reading the Bible? Yes. Need to develop that discipline in our life. But we are a work in progress, guys. We're never really going to arrive. Bible says we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. It means we're constantly progressing. It also talks about progressive sanctification. So we are sanctified, but we are gradually becoming more sanctified the more we grow spiritually, the more that we uh, that our hearts right, we pursue righteousness, we're pursuing, we're chasing after this person that we want to become. And uh, so we're not probably ever going to get there. I know we're not. Um, but God knew you were flawed and forgives you anyway. So you don't have to be a spiritual work of art. Uh, there was only one of those that I know of, Jesus, okay? And God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit lives in us. So we won't be perfect, but 
we're going to be a lot better than we were without him. Uh, but God's forgiving. He knew we were flawed. We're not surprising him by some of the loose ends we are spiritually, some of the the frayed ends that are, you know, some sometimes can come unraveled. Some of the jagged edges in our spiritual life, he knows, he's not surprised. He made us, but he forgives us. Long as we're looking at him, as long as we got our eyes fixed on him and we're not turning away from him, then he he'll welcome us with open arms and he'll help us uh, improve and grow in that way. Um, the other one here under spiritual work in progress is you're not expected to memorize the Bible. And, and that goes with you are a work in progress. We are a work in progress. Now, I would challenge you and encourage you memorizing scripture, maybe one a week. It, there's, there's only good things come from that. Um, you, you will get sharper spiritually. The, the Bible says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and I'm telling you, if we're in a spiritual battle, and we are, we're going to need that, that sword. Okay, We're going to need to cut through some of the lies of the enemy. We're going to need to cut through some of the darkness, the evil, the torment, uh, the shame, the blame, those kinds of things that he lays on us. We're going to have to cut through some of that. So the more Scripture you have in you that you can just recall and bring up to the surface and say and think and feel in your heart and your spirit, the more of that, the more equipped you are, okay? And the more you grow spiritually. But you're not expected to memorize the Bible. You're not even expected to read the whole Bible. Um, God wants your heart. God wants your intent, your heart, and He wants you to pursue Him and take care of His people, love His people, forgive His people, just like you were. That's for me, too. I get it. And we're all working on that. We're a work in progress, again. So that's the second one. The third one under your work in progress spiritually is, you know, as long, like I said before, as long as our main focus is a heart of service and a heart of stewardship, if we have those two pinnacles of focus and those are in our sights, in our crosshairs of daily activity, if we can execute serving people and we can execute being better stewards over our resources, our time, our relationships, God's people. If we can love them, that's stewarding His people. Serve them, that's loving them. I mean, if we can do those two things, guys, we're way further along spiritually. And we can we can feel, really, we can feel like taking on the world uh, if, if the enemy, when, when the enemy comes at us. So our main focus has to be a heart of service and a heart of stewardship. He's called us to be that, to steward and manage and and take care of, you know, guard, take care of the garden, guard the garden, be guardians of our home, our household, our family, our resources, manage it well, um, and and serving people. I mean, that's to me servant serving others. It, it takes a. It takes your eyes off of yourself and your problems, and b. It honors the Father because that's what He's called us to do. So that's the second revelation. Okay, all right, shake it off. Okay, you can kind of shake your hands out, loosen up. Okay, maybe move your head side to side. You feel a little more relaxed. You're you're a little bit more off the hook now. Okay, feeling good. Feeling good about this. Walking a little taller. Chest allow out a little further. Okay, walking with a little stride, a little skip in your step now, because you don't feel as bound by some of these these uh, strongholds. Okay, that have kept you doubting, 
yourself have kept you insecure, have kept you tied up spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, even physically. I mean, all that bleeds into physical. So I think we're getting off the hook tonight, guys, maybe even off the chain with being off the hook. Here we go. Number three. This is it. This is the one right here, guys. You're not alone. Okay? You are not alone. How many people or how many football players, if you're watching a game, how many guys are in a huddle by themselves? It's not really a huddle at that point, right? It's just isolation. It's just a loner. But these guys move down the field a little bit, and then they huddle up. They move down the field a little more, they huddle up. Okay, there's always a huddle. There's always a group of guys talking it over. There's always a group of guys picking each other up, encouraging each other, maybe holding each other accountable, motivating each other, working together for a common goal. Okay, so you're not alone. But we got to get other guys involved. And then we also got to realize that we're not uh, the Lone Ranger here. Uh, other men feel the same as you feel. You have fears, you have insecurities, you have doubts. They feel the same way. Now, unless you're completely maybe the most arrogant guy that walked the face of the earth, or you just don't care that much about anything, those are the only two people that I can think aren't scared, aren't insecure, and aren't doubtful. If you have a high expectation of yourself and the people around you, and you have a, a purpose that you feel like and a mission that you have uh, been given and, and you feel called to do things and you feel passionate about doing things and you're not just stuck in the mud, uh, then you do have those things. You do have the doubts, insecurities, and fears. But that's good. That's a good thing. That means you care. That means you want to be better. That means you want to grow. That means you want to impact people. That means you want to help and serve people means you want to love people. But you're holding yourself to a very high standard. If you're like me, you may never live up to that. So we got to let ourselves off the hook a little bit. Okay, I'm not saying don't expect anything from ourselves. I'm just saying don't expect everything from ourselves. We, we will never be able to deliver that under that expectation. So other men feel the same. They've got the same anxieties that we do, that I do. You guys have them. I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't just talk about them together, right? And and walk each other through those. Um, to me, that seems about right. Seems how God, in fact, Jesus, the only person that could have been isolated, that was justified in being a Lone Ranger, still had 12 guys that he confided in, that he showed and encouraged and equipped and trained and taught and shepherded, right, and served. If he did it, we got to do it. So, I mean, you're not the only one feeling that way. Don't, don't, uh, maybe get off your high horse a little bit. Not only let yourself off the hook, but let's not take yourself too seriously. Okay. And as some would say, don't flatter yourself. Like you're not the only one going through this. Um, second one here is others have been down the same road and have survived whatever road you're going down. And you think that you're the only one that's ever experienced this kind of trial or hardship or this challenge or this setback. If you're the only one, you think you're the only one that's ever, there's been countless people walk that road before you. All you got to look down, do is look down and see the other footprints. That'll tell you that that trail has been worn slick. So just know you're, you're not unique to having this problem or facing this adversity. 
And guess what? Other people have survived. Other people have cultivated their resilience internally. They've probably even got some people around them to help them get through it. They have not quit the journey or the process because they know the other side is worth it. And you do too. Your family depends on you. Okay. Your job depends on you. Your friends depend on you. Your spiritual family and church depend on you. Your community depends on you. Us guys as Christians depend on you. We can't afford to lose people to this fight, to this battle. When I say lose, I mean people that just throw in the towel and go back to their old way, their old previous life, their old before Jesus existence. We can't afford that. Can't afford to backslide in that direction. The world would love it. Nothing more than that. The enemy is, that's his main focus. That's his mission. But we have a mission too, and that's to keep going through all that. So others have been down the road and they've survived and you will too. So will I. Okay. The last one here under you're not alone, guys, someone's waiting for your phone call. And I say phone call, maybe they're waiting on your text, but they really need to hear your voice. They really want that phone call. And I will say, like, I do like the voice texting where it's actually someone's voice. Maybe they send it in a message because they are driving or or maybe they um, don't aren't able to call me right then or vice versa. And so, but I do, I think there's something personal in that voice, uh, hearing someone else, hearing that other guy, especially if you know him well, then you can relate, you connect on that level. There's a personal component there. And uh, there's an element of loyalty. There's an element of uh, encouragement. Okay. And so someone's waiting on your phone call. Don't be the guy waiting on theirs. Okay. So we've got to take the initiative and this is where I'm weak. This is where I'm terrible. I've got to get way better at this. Um, I'm decent at texting encouragement, but the phone calls I'm not great at. Um, and I don't know why I, I don't have a problem talking. Okay. I do it for a living. I sell. I do podcasting. I mean, I I don't have a I'm not worried about speaking. Um, but someone's waiting on that. And what if you what if they never heard from you and they really needed it and they were about to have a hard conversation with their wife or they were about to get a report back from the doctor about their child or their boss uh said he wants to see him in the office in the morning. Like there's people dealing with some real heavy stuff right now. They're waiting on you, and you're not alone, obviously, but if you can turn it around, take the folks off yourself, and serve in that way, encourage in that way, it makes your problems seem a lot smaller. So be that phone call for somebody. Be that friendly voice, that voice of reason, voice of encouragement, voice of life and faith. Speak over these people. Um I just know that people are dealing with some stuff, guys. I mean, we are dealing, the world is in a place right now where people are dealing with so much more than it seems like we've ever had to deal with when it comes to emotional distress, depression, anxiety, hopelessness. Like, I feel like we're at the the peak of that mountain right now, and, and I hope it doesn't get worse. But we got to have each other. We're all if we're Christians and we're in this boat together, paddling in the same direction toward a savior, okay, um, toward Jesus, then we all need each other and we all are not alone. None of us are alone. Um, so let me recap this. Okay. So you're, 
hopefully now the shackles are off, the chains are off, the uh, you know the rope is cut loose. You are no longer tethered to the baggage and burden that you felt before you turn this on. Hopefully you feel free. Hopefully you're off the hook now. You've let yourself off the hook. You've given yourself a break. Um, so here we go. The three revelations for your peace of mind. We talked about you're not failing as a parent. Okay. You're overblowing it in your own mind. Uh, you're making it worse than it really is. Because if you're present and engaged, you and your wife are a united front and your actions align with your words, you're doing a lot right. Second one was you're not, I'm sorry, you, you're you a spiritual work in progress. Okay. You were, God's not surprised that you're flawed, but he forgives you anyway. So you can't beat that. He knew you would, yet he still forgives you. And you're not expected to memorize the Bible or deliver a Sunday sermon or uh, read the entire Bible in a weekend. Okay. Your, your main focus just needs to be a heart of service and stewardship. And the last one, you're not alone. Guys, there's other people feeling the same exact way. Other dudes, tough guys, strong guys, self-sufficient, independent guys. Tough dudes. They still have fears. They still have insecurities. They still have doubts. You're not alone there. Others have been down the road. You're walking, and they've survived. They've made it. They've overcome. They've thrived. They've, they've won, and then now they're pulling people along with them. That's going to be you. So be that for somebody. Someone's waiting on your call. Gentlemen, let yourself off the hook. With that, be blessed. <laughs>